Come gather ye friends around your flickering campfires and... Listen, I'm not doing this. Hey, listener, it is I, Loki, god of mischief. You may be asking yourself, where is your dear Uncle Bob-Bob, god of familiar intros and not liking dark chocolate? Well, he, like those other useless soft boys, are stealing a half-term living at various sites around the country. The Pear Bear, god of war, and by war I mean space marines, lame. And Bilbo, god of unwanted admin suggestions and gluten intolerance, are fouling my backyard as we speak. At the Jorvik Viking Festival. Tombo, the god of hyperfixating on unnecessary tasks topless in a car park, will join them later, maybe. So here we are, a lame clip show. They've smashed four previous Norse-related tales together and will release it as a bonus while patting themselves on the back and cheering content, the slugs. I am looking forward to seeing how they've edited all their pop culture nonsense to make it flow. Ooh, we are the silly history boys, throwing shade at now-defunct electronic retailers and quasi-celebs we don't like, but secretly fancy. By the gods, I need a new agent. Right, what's first? Ah, the mead of poetry. The tale of how vacuous internet personalities got their basic creative skills. Or you want the truth? It's all down to Odin being the insatiable know-it-all that he is. So take a hearty quaff of the mead of poetry. A long time ago, there was a war between two tribes of gods. The Aesir... Hey, I'm one of those, you know. Um, yes, thank you, Odin. A war between the Aesir and the Vanir. At its conclusion, the gods sealed their truce by spitting into a massive bucket. Uh. That's how we roll, innit? Worse than footballers, we gods are. And from that bucket of spit was born Kvasir, the wisest human ever lived. Oh, hello. I'm Kvasir, and I'm so wise that I travel the world answering questions and giving advice. I've been asked to the house of two dwarves, Fiala and Gala, who say they've got a conundrum for me. Oh, here we are. What do you want? Hello, I'm Kvasir the Wise. Um, you invited me here, didn't you? Maybe. Gala? Yes, Fiala? You order a wise guy. I did. Question for you, wise guy. Fire away. What's got two thumbs and just got stabbed? Ah! Well, I'm going to say... Seeing as you just stabbed me, that it's me? That is pretty wise. <sighs> Having immediately murdered Kvasir upon his arrival at the house, the two dwarves brewed mead from his blood. Oh, gross. The mead contained Kvasir's wisdom, and anyone who drank it would become a poet or a scholar. Kvasir's disappearance didn't go unnoticed, however. What do you want? Oh, hello there. I'm investigating a string of disappearances in the local area. You're the police or something? No, no, I'm the old father, Odin. You might have heard of me. Maybe. Gala, you order an old father? Nope. 
What's he want? Well, you see, there's been some strange disappearances recently. First, there was Cavassier. Never heard of him. Oh, really? That's odd. I've heard he came to see you. Oh, him? Yeah, yeah, we met him once. I think did we meet him? Yeah, once, yeah. Uh, didn't stab him or brew mead out of his blood or anything, no? Not us. Good to know, good to know. Then there was the giant, Gilling. Never heard of him. Last seen heading out to sea with two dwarves. Oh, him. Yeah, met him. Didn't take him out to sea and drown him, though. And his wife? Never heard of him. Last seen weeping and heading to your house? Oh, her. Definitely didn't drop a millstone on her head to stop her crying. Are you absolutely sure? It's just the way you're saying it makes it sound more like you did drop a millstone on her head. You see? That's just my accent. Well then, glad we got that all cleared up. Yeah. Goodbye. Eventually, the two dwarves were confronted by Gilling's son, Sutung the Giant. He dragged them out to sea and was about to drown them when they offered him the magical mead that they had made in exchange for their lives. Sutung agreed and hid the mead in a chamber beneath a mountain. He set his daughter Gunlod to guarding it. This hoarding of the mead caught the attention of me. I have, after all, an insatiable thirst for knowledge and wisdom. This mead sounds right up my alley, and I will do literally anything to get my hands on it. And so Odin made his way to the farm of Baugi, who was the brother of Sutung. There he encountered Baugi's servants mowing wheat with their scythes and tricked them into murdering each other. Don't make it sound so sordid, Pepe. Well, didn't you? Oh yeah, I absolutely did, yeah. But I had a good reason, so I could lie convincingly. That's not a good reason. Hello? Hello there, I'm sorry to tell you that all nine of your servants have accidentally murdered each other with their scythes. Oh, have they, oh blast? That's a dreadful inconvenience. The harvest's due. Well, I could do the job for you. My name's Bullverker, and I can do the work of nine people easy. Really? Oh, I guarantee it, sir. All it'll cost you is a little sip of your brother Sutton's mead. Babes not mine to give away, but if you can truly do the work of nine men, then, then I'll do everything in my power to help you. Deal. Now for the hard cut to the end of the harvest season. There you are. Nine men's worth of harvest. Oh, wow, unbelievable. You truly worked wonders. <laughs> Come on, I'll take you to my brothers and ask if you can have some mead. But Sutung angrily refused when he was asked and turned his brother and the disguised Odin away. Need I remind you of our deal, Baugi? I've done all I can. You have not. If your brother won't let me take the front door, then you and I will make a back door. Oh. I'm so glad you asked. With this... From his cloak, Odin pulled out an auger. You can drill a hole in the mountain with this, right through to where the mead is. Oh, fine. There. Blimey, that was quick. Let's see how you've done. 
That's not all the way through. I'd have been trapped in there. It's the size of a drill. You wouldn't fit. Finish your hole, giant. Oh, fine. <clears throat> there you go. All the way through. Well, we'll see about that. <laughs> ah. Good. All the way through. Still don't see how you're getting in. Then a joke's on you, Bogey, for I am, in fact, Odin, all father, and I can turn into a snake in it! Yoink! And with that, Odin transformed himself into a snake and slipped into the hole Baugi had just drilled. Baugi tried to stab at him with the auger, but Odin was too fast for him. <laughs> too slow. Once inside the mountain, Odin transformed himself into the shape of a handsome young man. For the final obstacle he had to overcome was Suttung's daughter, Gunnlod. Oh, hello there. Aren't you a handsome young man? Give a kiss. Okay, but it'll cost you a sip of mead. Deal. In fact, Give us three kisses and you can have a sip of mead for each. Boom! Pucker up those kisses then, fair giant lady, for you are about to take a trip to Smoochstown. Well, this episode got weird, didn't it? Still, professionals that they are, Bilbo, they recorded this scene in person. Liverpool Derby, somewhere in between, they met up, filmed this scene in a motel or something. That's commitment. That's what that is. Smooching completed. Odin was taken to the mead, which was kept in three vats. Odin took a sip of each, and because it was Odin, each sip drained the entire vat dry. <sighs> oh, that's wisdomy, that is. And now, to escape, Odin as eagle, go! <laughs> Odin fled Sutung's mountain with the mead stored in his throat, but Sutung soon found out, turned into an eagle himself, and gave chase. Odin flew to Asgard, city of the gods. And when they saw him coming, the gods set out many buckets and barrels on the city walls. As Odin reached Asgard, Sutung let out a great cry, as he knew he could not enter the city of the gods. Defeated, he returned to his mountain. As Odin reached the buckets and barrels, he regurgitated the mead into them. A few drops missed, however, and fell to Midgard, the realm of men. It is said that the abilities of bad poets and mediocre scholars come from these spilled drops. But it is the mead that I dispense personally that gives the true poets and greatest scholars their skills. All thanks to me, Odin the Allfather. Um, thanks? You are welcome. Ugh, that bit with Odin and the giant gunlord roughly necking makes me want to hard wipe this smartphone I stole from Pear Bear. Just delete all that grim content, especially that difficult to explain subfolder, and no way. Gunlord is the mother of Bragi, the Norse god of poetry. <laughs> <laughs> According to one of the many open wiki tabs on the Pear Bear's phone, that little wordy melt Bragi is the result of Odin's hands-on approach to getting knowledge wasted. <laughs> Ooh, wait, 
till I see Bragi. Uh, listen to the next whatchamacallit listener. Something about Thor going fishing. I don't care. I've got to craft an extremely scathing thread on X and at Bragi hard. <laughs> Thor goes fishing. Our tale begins on the frozen tundra of Jotunheim, the land of the giants, the greatest enemies of the gods of Asgard. The mightiest of these aforementioned gods is, of course, Thor, god of thunder, and he is about to drop out of the sky on his mighty chariot, drawn by mighty flying goats. See? Ugh, what a dump. Miles of snow and no sign of a pub. By my hammer, I hate Jotunheim. Focus, Thor. There will be a time to lament the lack of pubs, but we have been sent by Odin to collect the magic cauldron of Hymir the Giant. It is said that it magically brews the best beer in the universe out of thin air. Beer, eh? Salt. So what's the plan? We're going to go over to this Hymir's Hall, smash him over the head, nick his cauldron, and have a few beers on the way home, eh? Alas, the cauldron is big. Too big to simply steal. And Hymir, well, he's bigger still. Taking it by force would be a tall order, even for you. Plus, you know, man, he's, he's my father, and I'd prefer that we persuaded him to give us the cauldron rather than just murder him. Well, I don't know why they sent me, then. I mean... You're the god of war and justice, dear. Maybe you could talk the old men round. But but I'm just a simple god with a magic hammer. Because, Thor, my father is horrible. And a hammer man might well be useful. Now, come on. Thor, the god of thunder, and Tyr, the god of war and justice, set off across the snow toward the hall of Hymir the Giant. They had not gone far when they saw the vast timbers of the fortress rising up out of the frozen wastes before them. Uncle Bob-Bob, why is Thor Australian again? Well, does the prose editor say he wasn't? It's because of Hemsworth, Uncle Bilbo. Hemsworth and marble. Witty! Thor and Tyr arrived at Hymir's fortress. It was massive and scary looking. Before the great iron door was a welcome mat as wide as a football pitch that read Go away in very large letters and Or die in equally large letters. Unafraid, Thor was about to hammer his meaty fist on the door but instead Tyr unlocked a smaller door at the foot of the big door. Tyr, mate, do your parents ever cat flap for you? Shut up, Thor! The two Asgardians made their way through the man-flap and into the giant's hall. As they picked their way through the dingy tunnel under the door, the sounds and smells of Hymir's home drifted toward them in the dark. First, there was the low rumble of voices, like a sea of cement, crashing back and forth. Then, a great hot wind of roasting beef. Cool, that smell. Some like fixing a barbie. Eventually, the tunnel opened out into a gargantuan hall, lit with the ruddy red glow of a sooty fireplace the size of a Primark. The black stone floor was littered with gnawed bones, and the whole place had a dark, dank miasma of despair. Like Primark! And it was full of giants. 
Giants feasting, giants chatting, giants scrawling on their phones, and Thor's hand absentmindedly went to his hammer like a bored dad playing with his car keys as he's led around the Boxing Day sales. Thor could not abide giants. But then, suddenly... Oh, dear, dear my son. Dear mother, oh, it's so good to see you. I'm sorry I did not send word of my return. Um, oh, also, this is my friend and chum, Thor, the God of Thunder. That's me. Good eye, missus. Um, yes. Mother, we have come for Father's Cauldron. I know how well he loves it, and also how large it is. That is why I brought Thor with me, for he's the only one strong enough to carry it out. Carry it? Is that all I'm here for? You don't speak to me for months, and then all of a sudden you need my help to move a sofa? Cauldron. Whatever. I'll be carrying you out in a bag. Probably several bags if your father finds out that you've brought Thor, the giant slayer, here to steal his cauldron. Don't worry, he'll be visiting under an assumed name. From now on, Thor, you are... Um... Oh, yes, you shall be known as... Clive. Clive, God of Thunder? No, just Clive. Then there was a rumble from without the hall. A rumble like distant thunder. Your father is coming. Quick, hide. He's always in the most terrible mood when he gets home. Great bass booming footsteps shook the doorway of the hall. The iron lock turned like a tumbling beer barrel and the huge door yawned open. A set of house keys crashed like girders into a pot next to the front door. A two-story rucksack crashes to the earth, throwing clouds of dust and soot into the air. With a noise like Ragnarok, the front door booms closed, and there stands the giant, giant Heimir. Did you get milk, my love? Oh, Fof! A big boot lashes out blindly. An unfortunate house cat flies off into the distance. <laughs> Never mind, my love. We have guests. A big boot lashes out blindly, and another unfortunate house cat flies off into the distance. Now, don't have a violent tantrum in front of our guests, dear. I am not having a tantrum. I'm just expressing myself. Finished? Yes, thank you. Who are these guests, then? It is your son, Tyr, and his friend, Clive. Uh, come on out, boys! Hello, Tyr, my lad. Still living with those little Asgard slugs, are you? Such a disappointment. Greetings, father. This is my friend, Clive. <clears throat> Clive, the man standing next to me, is Clive. Say hello, Clive! Hello, Clive. Oh, oh, jaw, me foot. Um, good day, you stinking giantness. My name's Clive, how are ya? Listen, me and your boy Tear here are starving. How about some tucker from your famous midget cauldron, eh? Clive, was it? I have never heard such bullheaded rudeness from a guest in my hall. I like it. Bring the cauldron! We shall eat! The great cauldron was brought forth. It was truly massive and full as well. Full to the brim with delicious, tender beef This stew, stew is beef 
from my legendary cattle, whom I love more than my own children. Oh, thanks, Dad. Eat your fill, guests. And they did, especially four, for it was the best beef he had ever tasted, and four guzzled like a shipwrecked James Corden. He slurped and munched and chewed, and entered some kind of scoffing nirvana where he quite forgot himself and everyone else until the massive cauldron was empty. Uh, uh, that, that stew was supposed to last everyone here for two days. And you have eaten it in one sitting? You have no manners, no decency, no thought for others. I like you, Clive. Any beer? <laughs> Tia, why can't you be a boorish hog like Clive? We shall drink, my friend. Brew, cauldron, brew! And brew the cauldron did, and they drank. They drank oceans. Oceans of the greatest beer in the universe. Thor and Hymir got along famously, like the obnoxious drunken beasts they both were. And both of them got very, very drunk. You are excellent value, Clive. Will you say the weekend? I got nothing on, but hey. And mate, any chance that I could have a bit of a line of this cauldron? I mean, this beer is incredible. Oh, sorry, bruv. Uh, I could never part with this cauldron. You see, I have a debilitating dependency on the incredible magic beer it brews. I should probably seek help, but to hell with it. Arta, Arta, look at me with those puppy dog eyes, Clive. Tell you what, tomorrow I shall take you fishing. Oh, I love me a bit of fashion. You're on. The sun rose like nails up a blackboard as Thor and Hymir staggered, hungover, down to the seashore where the boat was tied up. Here we are, Clive. Oh, gosh, my head. Um, the finest ship in Jotunheim. No, excuse me. I'm just going to be... I'm going to be sick. Sorry. Oh, sorry. Ready to fish, my friend? Yep, already, mate. Just feeling a tiny bit delicate. Nothing a bit of sea air won't cure, though. Hey, tell you what, sport. Whoever catches the biggest fish gets to keep your cauldron. <laughs> you don't give up, do you, Clive? Very well, you're on. I warn you, though. I'm the best fisherman in the nine realms. Righto, righto. I'll tell you what, you head out, and I'll catch you up. With this, Thor gave Hymir's ship, with Hymir in it, a big kick that sent it flying out. With Hymir gone, Thor took a big breath of sea air and looked across at the magnificent herd of cattle chewing the salt grass. These, then, must be the prize cattle of Hymir. A smile crept over the god of thunder's face, for his hangover had been a cunning ruse. He had a plan. A little while later, far out to sea, Hymir had cast off with his giant rod into the deep depths of the ocean, and now his line began to twitch. A bite by Njord! A bite! 
Hymir lifted his rod and hauled in an enormous whale. <laughs> Look at that. Impopper even by my standards. Oh, wait till Clive sees this. <laughs> ah, hello, sport. Oh, it's a nice little minnow you have there. It was a dripping Thor, hauling himself aboard. His beard frosted from the cold, and in his shirt was wrapped something that Hymir could not make out. His eyes, after all, could not help but look at that centra-chiseled bod. Mm. Ah, Clive, what's that wrapped in your shirt? And did you swim all the way out to catch up? All the way? Well, this is only the shallows, isn't it? Well, row his head a bit further, maybe you can catch something proper. That's the deep ocean, Clive. There are great beasts and sea monsters in those dark depths. Thor rowed them further out into the black, rolling ocean. The waves climbed and crashed over the prow of Hymir's ship, and even the giant's craft was dwarfed by the mountainous swell of the deep ocean. It's refreshing out here, hey, Hymir? Hymir was hunched at the stern, sheltering from the howling squalls. He was pretending that he still felt queasy from the night before, but secretly, he was afraid. He knew well the beast that hunted these waters, Jormungandr. The mighty world serpent that coiled around the realms was known to rise from the depths to feed. Even a giant feared the world serpent. I reckon that's far out enough. Time to get me bait out, eh? Flossie! That's the head of my most prized heifer! Yep. Snapped it off your best cow earlier. I reckon it'll make the best bait. With this, Thor cast off with Hymir's heifer head on the end of his hook. It plopped into the frothing ocean, and Thor let the line out so it dropped all the way to the dark depths. Hey, Hymir, Got any tinnies, mate? I mean, not really a proper fishing trip without a brew. Oh, 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 oh wait a minute, hang on, hang on, here we go. <laughs> Got me a bite. Thor's line had gone very tight. The frost on the frayed line broke away as the rope went taut with tension. Something was pulling, something very big. Here we go, here we go. There was a mighty tug on the rope. The thrumming line bit deep into the ship's rail, but Thor planted his feet and hauled back. <laughs> Thor pulled and pulled. The ship's planks began to splinter and water began to pour in, but still he pulled. Till a dark shape began to show in the water. Thor hauled again and... The black ocean exploded in white foam. Breaching out of the darkness, unwound the gargantuan coils of Jormungandr. The serpent rose high into the air, straining against the fishing line in its horrid maw, straining with all its monstrous strength. The cold water swirled around Thor's legs, but he held on grimly while his hand went for his hammer. Let it go, you fool! You'll sink us! I just, I just need to tap him with the hammer in the cauldron's mine. Thor drew back his arm to hurl Mjolnir at the beast, but just as he was about to throw, the fishing line that held the beast snapped. Ah! Thor fell backwards, crashing into the icy water on the deck. He scrambled to his feet, but was up 
Just in time to see the world serpent slide beneath the waves once more. And just in time to see Hymir with a knife in his hand. Do you cut the line, you flaming galah? We were sinking. What choice did I have? Look at the damage it's done. We may barely get back to land as it is. They rode back to dry land in silence. Thor was in an almighty huff, and Hymir seethed at the damage to his beloved ship. No one spoke as they tied the boat up, and not a word was uttered as the whale was dragged up to the hall. Both god and giant huffed their way sulkily past Tyr, who was waiting for them at the door. How did it go, Thor? I, 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 I mean, I mean, I mean, Clive. I mean, uh, Clive. Clive! <coughs> Clive! Who won the contest? No one won. Uh, I think you'll find I won. You cheated. You cut the line. You, you, you cheat. Fine. If you aren't satisfied on our fishing contest, Clive, then double or quits if you can break my drinking cup. You can have my haul, my cattle, and all my possessions, and the cauldron. All you need do is break this cup. But if you fail, I will have your life. Cup or death? No worries. Thor took the cup. It was almost as tall as he was, but Thor was mighty. He took the handle like his hammer and swung and swung, over and over and round and round, till it was a blur in his hand, then launched it like a meteor at the wall of the hall. It was a crack in the wall as long as a dragon chip. Chips of stone and splintered timber littered the floor, but the cup, the cup remained unbroken. Thor could not believe his eyes. Oh dear little Clive, perhaps I should use your head as fishing law. Before you die though, I think I'll have a pint from my cauldron. <laughs> The giants in the hall all laughed. Thor went scarlet with embarrassment and sat hunched down and desolate. He was not afraid to die, of course, but being bested by giants, well, that really got him where he lived. Oh dear, I can't stand to see you so crestfallen, especially after my husband's dishonesty. He really can be quite thick-headed. In fact, for my money, my husband has the thickest, hardest head in all the Nine Realms. Think on that, God of Thunder. Thor did think on it. He gazed down into the rich amber recesses of his beer and thought, and then looked up. Righto, righto. Oi, Himir, can I try again? Try again? <laughs> well... Well, if you insist on making further show of yourself, Clive, then fine. Knock yourself out. Thor took the cup once more. He tested its weight again, extended his arm to feel its heft, narrowed his eyes at the far wall, then turned and whang the cup at Hymir's massive head. 
The cup screamed into Hymir's forehead and exploded like Andrew Tate's Twitter cred. <gasps> the blast sent fragments flying across the hall as Hymir's <gasps> eyes rolled into the back of his head and he toppled off his chair and went crashing to the ground. You're cupped now, giant. <laughs> now where's that cauldron, huh? And so Thor won the cauldron of Hymir fair and square and took it back to Odin as he had been tasked. Not that Hymir knew a great deal about it, but when he awoke to find that he had lost the best beer in the universe, he was gutted. <sighs> no! Okay, first things first, dear listener. Jormungandr is a total sweetheart who does not rock the boat. Being her father, I am obviously biased, but I feel I need to weigh in here, as the silly boys had her being caught all willy-nilly. She's a bright girl, and wouldn't be snared by a muscled, dunder-headed drunk such as Thor. Outside of that, was it any good? I'm sort of phasing in and out here. What's next? Uh, Edun and her... Oh, no. Her golden apples. Uh, and they've called it me and the golden apples. Well, I can't wait to see what even-handed manner the sicky, hysterical boys approach this with. Loki and the Golden Apples. Loki, you puny god! I'll smash you good! Will you please stop smashing? Now you die, godling! I'll give you one last chance, Loki. Give me what I desire, or this shall be your end. Okay, wait, wait. Are you seriously telling me, Thiazi the giant, that you want me to steal the goddess Eden and give her to you? And her golden apples. And the apples. Those apples are what keeps the gods young. They'll definitely know that they've gone missing. Not my problem. Eden and her golden magical apples, or you die. Oh, fine. Seems like the type of chaos and trickery I'm known for anyway. Give me a minute. I'll use my magic to contact her. That's not magic, it's a mobile phone. It can't be a phone. Not been invented yet. Magic. Hello? Oh, hey, Eden. What do you want, Loki? Why do you presume I want something? I might be calling for a catch-up. Are you? No, I want something. What is it? Any chance you could come to this undisclosed forest location and bring all your delicious magic apples? Uh, no. Oh, please. Oh, all right. But you better not be about to hand me over to a giant that's going to abduct me and take me to Jotunheim. Definitely not. Thanks. Ooh, ooh, also, try to leave without being seen so no one will know where you're gone. Well, obviously. Bye. Bragi, I'm going out. Wow, wow, wee wow. Okay, bye. <sighs> She'll be here shortly. Wow, man, that was cold. I told you. It's just the sort of chaotic trick I'm famous for. It's on brand. 
And so the giant Piazzi waited for the goddess Idun in the forest. The moment she arrived, he grabbed her and her apples and took her to Jotunheim, the realm of the giants. It was not long before the gods noticed that something was amiss. Somebody! Oh, please help me! Baldo! Baldo, my dear child! What's wrong? Father Odin! I, I can't even say it, yo! It's too awful! I, I don't know if I'll ever be the same! But what in all the nine realms has happened to you? I was brushing my awesome and lustrous hair just a moment ago when I saw... <laughs> Saw so, what, Balder? What? A uh, grey hair! <gasps> oh no. Father, Odin, there's something very wrong in Esgard. For my muscular boy, do you have a grey hair as well? No, Dad, it's worse. I was bench pressing a longboat to impress my mates when my arm started to feel tired. Well, there's only one thing for it. I shall have to stand up and... Oh, I've thrown my back out. The mere act of standing up has destroyed my spine entirely. By the all of us, is we're starting to age. Oh, no. Has anyone seen the done and her magic golden apples recently? Uh, Bragi, have you seen your wife? Wowie, wowie. As usual, Bragi, the beauty of your prose brings me close to tears. Well, everyone, if we're to believe what Bragi has told us, Eardon has been missing for weeks. Like I said, Dad, something is very wrong in Asgard. And we all know what that means. If there's something wrong in Asgard, yo, then it's usually... Loki's fault! Oh, hey, everyone. How's tricks? That's a question we should be asking you, Loki. I don't like tricks. None of your nonsense now, Loki. Where is Yerdun and her magic golden apples? Uh-huh. Oh, I bet you do, Loki. I bet you know very, very well where she is. Nope. Right. Mjolnir, to my hand. It's hammer time. Uh, why is smashing my head in with your magic hammer? Always your first choice. Because it always works. Now! Fine! Edon is in Jotunheimer. The giant Theazi has stolen her, along with her golden apples. How did you allow this to happen? I was being beaten to a pulp by Theazi, and it was the only way to make him stop. Also, I thought it was funny. You've gone too far this time, Loki. You always say that. Baldor, are you becoming predictable in your old age? I'll scratch your eyes out, you son of a giant! Baldor, calm yourself. Loki, rescue Eardon or die. There are no other options. Oh, fine. Freya, lend me your cloak of many feathers. What? No way, Loki. You got gravy all over it after that caper to Frim's Hall. It wasn't gravy. Thor murdered all the frost giants, and some of them got on your cloak. I was the splattery, not the splatterer. That's episode five, listener. Um, I thought you could shapeshift. I can, or I can't, depending on which story you're telling. 
The silly history boys tend to use whichever version of me is the most useful to the story, and in this version, I borrow your cloak, and it turns me into a falcon. Now, please can I borrow your cloak of many feathers, so I can fly to Jotunheim and rescue Eden? I suppose so, but have it professionally washed before you bring it back. I promise nothing. And so Loki flew to Jotunheim, the realm of the giants. Oh, hey, Eden. How's Jotunheim treating you? Loki, you massive bumhead! You let me get abducted? <laughs> yeah, pretty funny. I hate you so much. Stop moaning. I'm here to take you back to Asgard, aren't I? I'm basically a hero. Where's the giant, the Arzi? He's gone fishing, but he could return at any moment. Best get moving, then. Now, I've got to be a falcon, so you're too big to ride me. Oh, I know. I'll turn you and your apples into a nut. Don't you dare turn me into a I'm back from my fishing trip. Eden, look, I caught a really big Loki. You couldn't catch a Loki if you tried, you stupid giant. Yoink! Oh, no, you don't. Eagle me. Go! And so, in a very similar scene to our first collab episode a couple of weeks ago, the god and the giant transformed into birds and began a race to Asgard. Falcon Loki grasped the nut that was Idun in his talons and sped over the realms as fast as his feathers could carry him. But Fiazi had taken the form of an eagle, and his immense size and power meant he was catching up with Loki very quickly. At last, Asgard became visible, and Loki gave one final burst of speed. The gods piled up wood shavings on the walls, and as soon as Loki passed over them, they set the shavings aflame. But the Arzi Eagle was going too fast to stop and plunged through the wall of fire. Oh no! The Arzi's feathers caught a light, and he smashed into the ground. <laughs> Quick, everyone! Murder him before he turns back into a giant! Right you are! <laughs> and once again, my hammer saves Asgard. Hooray for Thor! Well smashed, Thor! Well smashed, yo! Hey, I'm the one who rescued Eden. I'm the hero. Look! I turned her into a nut because I'm a genius. I fixed the problem. Fixing it doesn't make you a hero if you caused the problem in the first place. Loki and British politicians. Now turn Eden back into a person at once. Oh, fine. Loki! Make with the apples. Baldor might get a wrinkle in a minute. Hey, I heard that! And so, the gods feasted once more upon the magic golden apples of Yerdun, and were instantly restored. Having regained their youth and vigour, the gods apparently forgot all about Loki's naughtiness, and carried on with their usual adventures until... Asgard! Hear me! I am Skadi, daughter of Thiazi, whom you murdered, and I am here for revenge! Uh, come now, young giant lady, perhaps we could come to an agreement. Uh, what if instead of revenge we offered you compensation? After all, the whole mess was caused by Loki, so we should probably admit fault. Oh wow, 
thanks for throwing me under the cart. What sort of compensation? A marriage. To whom? Ah, well, that's where the fun starts, see? I am going to line up some Asgardian bachelors, and you can pick whichever one you like. I choose Balder. Uh, no thanks. Uh, no, uh, wait. You can pick whichever one you like, but you can only see their feet. Yeah, you, you have to choose a husband based on their feet. Um, okay. Odin, are you all right? That took a very weird turn very quickly. Bring in the bachelors! And so the Asgardian bachelors were lined up and hidden in such a way that Skadi could only see their feet. So many feet! Ugh. What's going on with those ones? Is that an extra toe? Ah, these feet are the most beautiful and therefore must be Baldur's. I choose the beautiful feet. Ha! Joke's on you, sister, because I may be the god of beauty and light, but my feet are just... Well, that's just a bit humdrum, if I'm being honest with you. I mean, actually a little bit sensitive about it. So, you know, thanks for that. I'll unpack all of that later. But it's not about me. It's not about me. This is about you. And you are going to be marrying me. Hello there, lovely giant lady. Would you like a breakfast burger? The salty fisherman from episode nine of the Silly History Boys. <laughs> no, I'm not the salty fisherman from episode nine of the Silly History Boys show. Miyamoto Masashi Part 3 is a samurai one, boys and girls, give it a listen. I am, in fact, Njord, God of the Sea. Pleased to meet you. Hmm. You'll do, I suppose. But listen here, Asgard. I have a condition of my own before I'll swear not to seek revenge for my father. And what would that be? One of you has to make me laugh. Finally! I so knew that my stand-up routine would come in handy eventually. So, everyone, <clears throat> what's the deal with fair trade coffee, yo? I thought coffee was supposed to be bitter. I am so wasted on you people. My subscribers ate that joke up. Loki, you started this mess. What can you do to make Skadi laugh? I, I don't know. I'm... More of a trickster than a joker. I suppose I could, um... Tie testicles to the bit of that goat? What goat? This goat! <laughs> he's a rescue goat, and he's called Billy, which I know is a cliché, but I raised him myself by hand, yo. I'm not tying my testicles to your goat's beard. It's the stupidest thing I've ever heard. Oh, yes you are! It can be a testicle tug of war for the amusement of our new friend's Gardy. But it's not even funny. Oh, I doubt it'll be funny for you, Loki. But I think we might get some amusement from it. <sighs> Fine. Loki's, um... Gentlemen vegetables were tied with rope to the beard of a goat. I've waited a long time for this. Bring in! Maybe this won't be so bad! <laughs> well, Loki, for once, 
you are the hero. The giantess Scardi was well enough amused that she swore not to seek revenge for the death of her father, Thiazi. Odin took Thiazi's eyes Gross. and threw them into the sky, where they became stars. Skardi was well pleased by this. And though her marriage to Njord was destined not to last, for a while they were happy and content. The end. And then they finished with me being strapped up by my Valhallas to a goat. Well, what am I supposed to do? That's the best you've got. Ignore them. I know, I know everybody ignores them. But, oh, hang on. I'm not alone. Call you back. Yes, yes, fine, fine, fine. I'll go for that Cialis casting. Oh, hey, listener. Just wanted to point out for the record that I was instrumental in fixing that apple mess. And it's not really important whom stole what and blah, blah, blah. And, oh, really? You don't believe me. Why would you? Everyone thinks Loki is mischief and nothing else. You do, don't you? Oh, don't deny it. You don't know me. You don't know my struggles. Imagine being this being, this powerhouse of Norse mythology, whose only crime is bringing too much joy to the people of Asgard, to have your life's work rammed into the sausage grinder that is the MCU next Tuesday. And he gets squeezed out as Thor's frosty little bro-bro. Well, that is it. There's a place you can go where everybody knows your name to get this sort of thing fixed. The guy who runs a joint is a proper pill, but I'll have to endure him. We're talking love and thunder levels of endurance here, people. Now get lost. My Uber is here. Mahmood! Mate, listen, I know I'm a one-star guy, but this is an emergency. Take me to beauty by Baldor. Hello and welcome to Beauty by Baldor. Invisible gods deserve to be seen. Do you have an appointment? Uh, no, I'm a, I'm a walk-in. <sighs> there will be a wait. Name? Loki. God of Mischief. You are a very visible god, Mr. Mischief. Everybody knows you, and... Yes, but listen. I know the modern world knows my name, but with all the big screen Hollywood shenanigans, I feel they don't really know me. Yes, they do. You're Thor's brother. No! I mean, yes, if you're going all full Marvel on it. But they changed a huge bit. I'm not Thor's brother. In Norse mythology, I need them to know this. I need to be seen. You are traditionally seen as Odin's stepbrother, making you more like Thor's uncle. Is that what you want? Ugh, well, now you've said it out loud, I'm not sure. Let me check. Baldur! Baldur, my love! Can you fit in Uncle Loki? Nope, definitely sounds weird. Is that you, Loki? Oh my god, no! Staying out of trouble, I hope! Well, I haven't seen you since... Ragnarok, yes. How are you, Balder? I am marvellous, you little scamp! Yes, I can fit you in. Take a seat, and I'll get to that pretty head of yours, ASOP. Great. Is he going to be long? Take a seat. You're 
such great hair, Gaffion. Each strand is a winner all by itself. I don't even think you realise it, though. Oh, stop it, Belda. There's being positive and then there's downright lying. No, you stop it. <laughs> I think you're so busy being the giving one that you've forgotten how to receive compliments. <laughs> oh, I think Gefion still remembers how to give to receive. Don't you go dragging up the past, Loki, you little weasel. I'm not sure I follow you, friends, but I'm excited to find out what you're all about. Locasena. Also known as the flighting of Loki. Oh, the big party thrown by the sea god Gimir. Yes, one of the poems of the poetic Edda, ancient history and huge shambles. At which you made a complete fool of yourself. Are you having a laugh? You killed one of Gimir's servants for welcoming guests too well. Who does that? Ugh, they were all heaping praise on Fimmerfeng. For what? High-fiving gods and saying, Have a good one, don't be sick in the sea, lol. <laughs> it was literally Fimavag's job to welcome guests well, you bum-headed sociopath. Franz, please. Beauty by Boulder is a place for positive vibes and... Stop turning this all on me, Gefion. We all know who stole the show that night. You dredged up and blew up an old dalliance just to shame me. The giving one here once received a necklace from a young man. And in return, she instructed him in the nocturnal Norse tango, if you know what I mean. It's just like you to turn up at a party, murder the help, get booted, weasel your way back in, continue to be a whiny little pest, and yet make it all about me. Loki, why were you still at that party? Odin owed me a drink. Um, this isn't a game, Loki. It's Viking times, mate. It's practically all murder in drinking games. Oh, in the Rainbow Road Rumba, eh, Gefjorn? That's it. I'm done. I'm not staying here to be insulted. Gefjorn, come back! Oh, don't go off all half-cut! It's all shaved down one side. Oh, nice one, Loki. Oh, won't you look at that. Looks like a space has opened up. Not so fast, Loki. I'm not giving up my seat for you again. Brother Vidar, welcome! Wait, what, what do you mean, giving up your seat again? At Gimir's party, Dad had me move over to make way for Loki. As I said, Odin owed me a drink. Which I poured. This party sounds hashtag orcs. Not very positive at all. Loki here was positively rude, that's for sure. Pre-Gifian shaming, he'd already laid into Braki. The god of poetry? Oh no, I love that guy! Now, this may be family gossip, Vida, but isn't he our brother? Aren't we all? I'm not. Well, it's said that Braki's mum was the giant Gunlod. You may remember her, dear listener, in a previous episode, roughly necking Odin. So, so yeah, Rob's our brother. So, you were laying into your nephew then, Uncle Loki? Oh, don't call me that. Yes, I went in two-footed on Bragi. He said I wasn't welcome. You murdered the welcome wagon. What do you think was going to happen? <laughs> An awkward toast, that's what. Oh, my goodness, no, you did not. Yes, he did. After drowning his drink, this walking cold saw 
gives a mealy mouth toast to the gods, but makes a big show of leaving poor Bragi out of said toast. <laughs> he was gutted. Pen a poem about that slam, you mug. Then Loki insults Idun, Bragi's wife. The goddess of spring? But she's the keeper of apples and grander of eternal youthfulness. Love her work. She's super positive and my three o'clock. Shame on you, Loki. Get a grip, Baldor. It wasn't that bad. You literally called into question her honesty as a wife and went on to make all sorts of weird dance-related innuendos whilst barely controlling your eyebrows. Yeah, I was quite pleased with Eden's saucy spring samba. Nobody cares, Loki. Nobody cares about you and your silly labels. That's rich coming from the god of shoes. A gross oversimplification designed to belittle me. And it's working, you melt. You're unravelling like a knockoff pair of Converse before our very eyes. He's also the god of vengeance. You'd be wise to remember that, Loki. Oh, Ragnarok is miles off. The tree's not even up yet. And then you've got plenty of time to prepare your hairy son for the slapping I'm gonna give him. Ha! Fenris is a big boy. He can handle himself. He's gonna have Papa Odin on toast. Oh no! Father dies! I forget you're dead by that point of Ragnarok, Baldor. And come to think of it, why are you entertaining this stain? He literally starts the end of the world by fooling Hod the Blind God into killing you with mistletoe. I know, but mistletoe's so festive, and it brings people joy through awkward kissing, yo! Come to think of it, it is a slightly worrying tradition. Well, I'm going to enjoy the tradition of slaying your wolf boy, Loki. Tick tock. Whatevs, Footlocker. What are you going to do? Choke him out with a pair of Air Jordans? And Ragnarok their resale value. Jog on, ya plum. I'm going to stab him. Go for it, Foot Asylum. Ooh, actually, aren't they having a sale? I'm not obsessed with shoes like you are with lies. God of mischief. No, actually, he's correct, Vida. I got me these snazzy hell shoes in the foot asylum sale. Baldur, please, I'm just trying to... Yeah, well, yes, yes, those are nice. They'll get you to Valhalla when the time comes. Should probably get yourself some too, Vida. I survive Ragnarok, you little slug, unlike you. Uh, let's not judge folks on their ability to survive the end of all things, yeah? You're right, Baldur, I'm... Uh... I'm not feeling it today, I'm sorry. Rain check, perhaps? Hear me, Loki. I will have my vengeance. And that wicked pair of Adidas Continental I've had my eyes on. Nice one again, Loki. Well, if he's going to be all I survived Ragnarok and killed your boy, I'm not going to be civil about it. It's not as if he was rubbing it in. Plenty of us didn't make it through to see Fat Surtis sing. He's not better than me. That plus-size fire giant has an excellent voice. And I am better than you, Loki. Oh, great. Njord, god of sea and foul wind. God of seafaring will do, thank you very much. Welcome, Njord. It's been many a moon since I had a veneer in ear. <laughs> in ear, you see, it rhymed with veneer. <laughs> Oh, you're as sharp as your scissors, Baldur. I used my Vanir superpowers and looked into the future, and what I saw filled me with dread. I'm your two o'clock. 
And that's why you don't do home colouring, Njord. Oh, these roots! They're like Yggdrasil, I tell you. Oh, quick question, Njord. With your ability to see the future, why did you not see your own spanking in the Great War between the Veneer and the Aesir? Are you still here, you little germ? Shouldn't you be practising stacking it at Ragnarok? At least I started something. At least I tried. You just got absorbed into the Azir like a good little pet god. How dare you! I'll have you know it's a mutual cohabitation built on trust and respect. Waffle. What actually happened anyway? I sort of glazed over when you all started spitting into that BFF bucket. You got Google do it yourself. Plus, we've covered the mead of poetry already. Right, sit still, Njord. This is a mish. Ooh, but does that salty sea air not like you? How's your mum, Balder? How's Freyr? You must mean Frigga. No, God, no, wait. Have I been marvelled again? Gods, I hate them. But it's all a bit confusing, Loki. Freyr's becoming Frigs and whatnot. Look at, look at my dad. I mean, how many ways can you say Odin? Tell me about it. When me and my sister wife had the twins, we decided to add to the confusion by calling them Frey and Freyr. And when Freyr's husband is called Ode, well, it's like navigating in a thick fog. Whoa, 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 wait, wind that back. What did you say? Her husband, Ode, pretty close to Odin, eh? OMG! Are you like my Grammy Pops? <laughs> Who knows, Balder? You said sister wife. Oh, let it pass, Loki. We ain't touching that with a barge pole. That's for the boffins in your rick to mull over. But it's so weird. Weird? <laughs> Hands up if you haven't shapeshifted into a mare to get it on with a giant stallion and subsequently given birth to an eight-legged horse. Oh, look. Your hands seem to remain unraised, Loki. Hey. Hey, there was a good reason for that, man. Weird indeed. Those in glass houses shouldn't throw stones, yo. I pretty much saved Asgard and your mum from forevermore being the wife of a wall-building giant. Enlighten me. The fortification of Asgard. You've got Google. Do it yourself, you preening clod. Better to preen than to be unseen, like you and your face. Just because you're super handsome and everybody likes you doesn't mean you aren't a few gods short of a pantheon. My God, that was painful. What were you trying? Were you trying to call him stupid? No trying about it. Target destroyed, fish cake. You reek of desperation, Loki. Well, you reek of... What is that? Ginungagat Pohom. The new fragrance for men. Suits you. I've always said you give off a yawning gap vibe. Sticks and stones will break my bones, but names will... Oh, hang on. No. Sticks and stones won't break my bones, will they? Because I'm indestructible! Oh, that'll come in handy. Oh, yes! Mummy got all the animals, minerals, elements, and even Tories to swear they'd never harm me! Well, that's amazing! If true, it begins. Well, congratulations, Baldur! <laughs> yes, Baldur. Oh, hey, we should celebrate. How about an invulnerability party? Oh, totes! I can bring my guitar and do a set! Yes! And I could break that over your head! Wouldn't feel it! A swift kick to the face? No! A good thrashing with a cricket bat? Give it a go! It'd be a mere tickle! A flaming 1982 static caravan filled with breeze blocks? Exfoliating scrub and sunbed all in one? Uh, yes please! Great! 
and I'll get the Evites sorted. Don't forget hard. I always feel we leave him out. Leave it with me, Baldur. Just popping to the loft to get the tree. Thanks for listening to the Silly History Boys Norse Megamix, or as we like to call it, content. The parts were played by Stu the Pear Bear Perry, your dear Uncle Bob Bob, Rob Bond, Tom Tombo Fermor, Will Uncle Bilbo Tristram, and Gemma Von Bom Bom Velmsy Von Bob Bob Bond. Thanks to Zapsplat for sound effects and music. Thanks to Scott Buckley for music. To Danny Bradley Music for cake and music. And Freshman Sound for sounds and music. If you're feeling like you want to get your Ragnarok on, you can go back and check out episodes 40 and 41 of the Silly History Boys show. It's Ragnarok. Okay, see you later, bye!